You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to uh, RB1 Cooling the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Fake Teams, episode 105, I do uh, believe. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by all of the guys, though at the moment, uh, Mr. Independent Drinker Clark Burns is taking his time logging into the chat, but he will be here soon. We've got the working girl, Jordan Smith, and then uh, I was about to say the man, the myth, the legend, but that moniker has since been retired. He's now the woodsman ginger nick guys how are we feeling in a world in which green book is the best film of the year pretty sad <laughs> pretty sad i knew that was going to be a good uh, a good start to the podcast and would get jordan triggered because it is very sad yeah i think it's kind of silly it's utterly stupid i thought i was fully on board for uh well the 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 Academy had a great opportunity to make a statement. They made the wrong statement. Uh, they should have done Black Ca- Black Klansman, which was an excellent film. I got really excited because Black Panther started out the night with like two early Oscar wins that you felt like they were building up towards something. And I thought there was just going to be an absolute uh, upset in the category. But I'm just glad it also wasn't Bohemian Rhapsody. I can say that much. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. It would have been pretty incredible if Black Panther had won Best Picture. I would have been all for that. I was not. Did you guys watch it live? Yes. I was not a. I was not the biggest fan of. I like Remy Malik. I like his acting, but I did not fully understand. Or was not the biggest fan of him winning Best uh, Lead Actor. Yeah, I like Remy Malik too. Like. Mr. Robot's awesome and he's really good. But I also I watched Bohemian Rhapsody like the day of the mm-hmm. Oscars and I just was like, nah, no, this movie kind of sucks overall. <laughs> like I thought uh Christian Bale transforming himself into Dick Cheney or Bradley Cooper learning how to sing and play guitar was much more of a feat than uh Remy Malik lip syncing and learning how to dance like uh Freddie Mercury. Yeah. The reviews that I saw for uh, Bradley Cooper's uh, Lady Gaga vehicle was that he basically just did the Pearl Jam voice. Yeah, but he did it really well. Did you <laughs> not watch the Oscars and him and Lady Gaga just making sex eyes at each other for a solid yeah. three minutes on the piano? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't, but I have seen the still frames. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know who they went to the Oscars with, but they definitely didn't leave with the same They definitely people. left together. <laughs> Let's just say that. Clark, what is your take on Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga romance? Clark knows, like, who half those people are. <laughs> Clark knows what Lady is. He's like, Gaga, Bradley Cooper? I don't understand that part of the question. Hey, guys. <laughs> Clark has his microphone in 
earbuds set up properly, so I love ladies. And Gaga. And Gaga. You go Gaga for the ladies? Sure. Sure, sure. Who doesn't? Um, yeah. It was it was uh, not a for, – for an academy that was all um, – was maybe more progressive or more forward-thinking last year, uh, they certainly took a step back this year with uh, with Green Book taking home Best Picture when it had a just PR shitstorm leading up to it. And somehow that was all completely overlooked. So I guess uh, good for you, Academy. I don't know. Don't forget that Shape of Water won Best Picture last year. That's true. What am I? Oh, I was thinking Moonlight. That's what I was thinking of. That was two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. That was, two that years was ago. mind-blowing. What? Shape of Water or Moonlight? Shape of Water winning. Oh, Hashtag yeah. fish sex. Fish fucking. Fish <laughs> fucking always wins an Oscar. Let the record show. Little Get Mermaid. Sushi roll. Dude, as long <laughs> Oh shit! Let's all right. Let's get started. Football. <laughs> I feel like I missed the perfect segment. Yeah, it was a great oh, segment, Clark. We were all talking pop culture. Oh, that's good. It's like a, yeah, the fans didn't miss out. Right. Exactly. I figured. I figured since you were coming in a little late, we do a little Oscar talk to start. Who says no? Um, all right. We do have NFL on the jacket. We promise we're going to hit some NFL news. Um, and then with the combine starting, technically the combine started today, but no one really cares about this shit. It starts getting actually uh, filmed and put on full display for the world to see the underwear Olympics start March 1st. And so we're going to uh, touch on that and talk about uh, rookies and guys who are very excited to see in the Underwear Olympics. But let us start with the NFL news. And the first bulletin to touch on is obviously the news that has been taking over the NFL world and just the general world uh, by storm. And that is the um, allegations involving Robert Kraft. Um, for those who don't know what I am talking about, the Patriots owner was charged with two misdemeanor accounts of soliciting prostitution uh, in a spa in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, and this, these, this came from a, uh, a months long investigation into human trafficking ring involving many South Florida spas. I don't know how long you guys want to spend on this, given that there's a lot of things still up in the air and uh, just the nature of it. My only question is, was it two counts because he asked for a half and half? I I don't know what that means. Um, This is how I feel when you guys talk about pop culture. I feel like I just made a great (laughs) prostitution joke and you guys just totally missed it. That's why that's why people tune into the podcast. Pop culture and prostitution jokes. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I did want to say two things on it. Uh, and that's just I pers- first off, number one, I don't think there's anything wrong with consensual prostitution. Uh, however, that's clearly not what this is. Uh, there's been a mixture of reports in terms of Kraft's knowledge of the trafficking, and it would be very depressing, upsetting sad to learn that he had prior knowledge and and there were some reports that maybe sounded like he was involved in it which would just be terrible um and so and the other thing is is i don't care what the nfl punishment ultimately is i think it's time for robert Kraft to pass the team on to his son and step away from oper uh operations yeah it's it's really weird it's sad for the uh the people involved who have been trafficked in that's what it seems like is the case and it's just i don't get why really wealthy people are just bizarre and weird there's there's a psychology in play here that it's something about needing power and like you're a very rich and wealthy man you dated 
since your well since his wife died very yeah. attractive young women which is gross on a different level but also you don't have to try very hard to uh get somebody that's attractive a 10 11 12 <laughs> um, objectively of course so i i don't know what the point is of going to uh jupiter rub and tug and you know with very questionable practices surrounding that you know are possible federal violations of human sex trafficking which is a very very serious thing yeah so i don't know it's why i don't know why wealthy people are so bizarre i don't know either they are weird so yeah, not understanding the details and understanding that uh since we have decided to make prostitution illegal in this country we have decided that anyone who participates in it is a criminal and so anyone who participates in it has no legal recourse against people committing very obvious crimes against them. Uh, we've really put ourselves in a tough spot. And again, I don't know exactly what happened with Robert Kraft, but uh, what I'm hoping comes from this and very much doubt that it will is a conversation about what we decide to make illegal and what happens when we make things illegal. Uh, yeah. Certain crimes should certainly be prohibited and there should certainly be uh, consequences for doing things like stealing from someone or beating the shit out of someone or sex sure. trafficking. Yeah. Sex trafficking should. Yeah. Slavery. Those I are bad things. That was illegal and it should be. Uh, but you know, if someone wants to pay an extra 200 bucks for a rub and tug and if there's a willing hand out there, it's like, a problem yeah. if it's consensual, that's yeah. But all the it. horrible accoutrement that comes with that, Certainly concerning. Right. Yeah, it's if he knows that there is some other sort of uh, nefarious backdoor dealings happening with people apparently living within the spa, and that's how they got Crazy. flagged in the first place. Uh, yeah, sorry. Backdoor dealings. Come on, Jordan. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a timeout. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've we've said that all all that uh, really needs to be said on this. It's it's super sad, and um, yeah, if if he yeah, fuck craft. Uh, shall we move on? On this week's episode of Drama in Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown during a Twitter Q and A over the weekend said Big Ben had a quote owner's mentality in how he addresses and calls out players' mistakes. Steelers GM Kevin Colbert thinks, quote, Ben Roethlisberger is unquestionably the leader of this team. And then that and that the 52, quote, kids underneath him, if they were smart, should listen to him because he's been there. Well, it's now Big Ben's team through and through, and we'll all be tuning in to see how Big Ben will carry the, quote, burden of being a quarterback and the only Super Bowl participant on the team. Tune in Sundays to see what happens next on Drama in Pittsburgh. Good read, Pete. Thanks. I would watch the shit out of that reality show. Just make, can we make the Pittsburgh Steelers hard knocks this year? I don't know. They don't have any more stars left. I know, but I just want to watch the GM try to make excuses for Ben Roethlisberger about why he's the player that they should be building around and that the other 52 kids underneath him uh, should be looking up to a, uh, to a man who's had a very checkered past. Shall we say nicely? Yeah, I would not at all mind if Ben Roethlisberger was forced to have a camera crew follow him around at all times. Be a good move for the community. It'd be a great move yeah. for the community. Yeah, a little extra security and a uh, little eyes. 
Moving on in the news, transaction news here. We have the Ravens today released uh, wide receiver Michael Crabtree, or maybe it was later in the week, earlier in the week. Um, Nick, is there a, any landing spot for him that you'd consider where he would like think about drafting him in fantasy this year? Or is he just pretty much a done, de- you know, someone you're not going to draft, but you maybe would keep eyes on in the waiver wire, seeing how they perform? Totally. Um, uh, Packers. If he uh, if he came in and played like big slot for them, interesting, interesting. Jordan, what do you feel? Would you be excited for Michael Crabtree to play big slot for the Packers? Um, I'm honestly not sure how interested I am signing him, mostly because of the age factor, and I really don't know what Michael Crabtree looks like in an offense that features passing as the number one thing that they like to do like <laughs> passing to michael crabtree uh not since like his days at texas tech because he played at baltimore that didn't work out uh the raiders they didn't throw it to him enough there in san francisco they didn't throw it to him enough there and it's just i don't know i get shades of uh he's not a tight end but i get shaved shades of jimmy graham possibly uh, and out of his prime signing that you're hoping to you know, milk a, a few more uh, good games out of, and I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think where he lands is really important. The Ravens passing offense died last year when Joe Flacco went out with injury, and I don't think you can put that on any of the wide receivers. So he would definitely be a super late round consideration. But if he goes to a really good team where he's going to be the secondary kind of I hate to make the easy comparison, like he's going to be the secondary kind of old guy, Larry Fitzgerald type person. Michael Crabtree has shown toughness and he catches the ball when a quarterback can get it to him. So I'm not ready to write him off just yet. Yeah, I liked I, I like Nick's idea of, of a big slot receiver. And you were and you were saying Clark to Larry Fitzgerald. Obviously not in that same level, but he's a big guy who can make t- car, uh, contested catches, can get you the first down when you need it. And, you know, if he regularly just checks up, what, 40 yards in a touchdown every few games, like that's that's worthwhile rostering or drafting late in, late in, uh, late in drafts. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're like needy. It was just quiet and I'm peeling a banana. (laughs) I mean, it it would be the guy that you take in the 13th round if you've drafted someone who's going to be suspended for two games or or something like that. Like, I'm not going to get excited about Michael Crabtree going anywhere, but yeah, maybe worth a roster spot. Also in the transaction wire, the Bengals are open to trading Josh Josh Ross. John Ross, uh, despite the fact that they drafted him only two years ago, Clark, are they going to find a buyer? Would anyone want to give something up for John Ross, who's been, um, shall we say, underwhelming as a wide receiver? I think there is this thing that happens when uh, talents that people are very excited about going into the draft go to teams like the Bengals and the Browns. That you just really don't want to give up on them. You're really hoping you're really hoping that maybe the reason he didn't do well is that he went to this horrible cesspool of a football team. And if he goes to a functioning organization, he'll do well. And John Ross just has that blazing speed that you hope can, you know, some team can just capitalize on. So 
I hope he gets traded. The Bengals look like even more of a dumpster fire than usual this year. And uh, yeah, John Ross seems really fast. Let's get him in a situation with a big armed quarterback and see what he can do. Or even a, a smart offensive coach who can do a bunch of jet sweeps and crap with him. What's his contract like? I don't know, Nicholas. I put that solely in your hands to do research okay. and give me numbers. Is so if he was a first-round pick. Right, it's a rookie deal. Got to be good still. Probably fairly favorable, at least for the next couple of years. So, okay, his cap hits for the next two years are basically four and a half and five and a half million. Um, so I was just doing the um, the Chargers uh, offseason wish list. And a thought that I had was to dump Travis Benjamin and his like five or six million uh, dollar contract this year because he hasn't really done anything since Manziel just had tunnel vision for him in 2015 and just launched bombs at him. Um, what uh, what would you guys think of of Ross taking over uh, Benjamin's deep speed or like deep threat role in the Chargers offense? I don't hate that. I like that quite a bit. I think that that takes pressure off of him to be a reliable receiver because he's going to be Philip Rivers's what fifth target behind uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and Melvin Gordon. So that suddenly you're now very low on the totem pole, but that might help him in terms of just being like uh, not having pressure thrust upon him and just being like, oh, every occasional look that he gets open he might be he might fulfill that that one year of uh taylor gabriel's success and kyle shanahan's uh atlanta falcons yeah i'm not getting into a bidding war for john ross um he, he just it, it reminds me of philip dorsett they're in the same vein where it's just like one team just fell in love with the super speedy guy that they thought they could turn into an all-around receiver when it turns out the guy can only run in a straight line and that's really all he's good for unless you're a super creative coach and find ways to get him the ball. But then you're like, Oh, this is, this might be Tavon Austin again. Cause remember he was a pretty quick guy too. Um, I, I don't know. You, you should be able to get John Ross for 25 cents on the dollar. You shouldn't have to spend more than a fifth round pick to, to grab him. But I don't know if, if I even want to take that shot, just falling in love with somebody who can run really fast. Doesn't always, pan out to good production i think that's a great point and i think you've named a good price for him like i would be happy if my team (laughs) paid a fifth round pick for him like that's that's a good price that sucks if you're the Bengals, man well i mean horrible return but you're right like that's i i would agree i think that's what you're gonna get for for as someone who hasn't, whose only really defining characteristics since, since entering the NFL has been just blazing speed. Yeah. And there's a role for those guys. Again, totally. really well laid out. If you have a creative coach who can get him the ball, like I, I think we look at Tavon Austin as a huge bust only because of where he was drafted. And that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. But like he's a fine little football player. If he had been taken in the sixth round, we wouldn't be talking mm-hmm. about how terrible he is. Yeah, we'd be waiting for him to develop. Um, The uh, Ravens have to make a decision as to whether or not they're going to extend John Brown. And you're saying that that John Ross could be a replacement for John Brown? Yeah, I mean, basically, like... Except for the fact that why? See, this is my... I I understand the notion. John Brown is A, (laughs) better. And B, John Brown's production dropped off like a fucking tank or 
dropped off a cliff as soon as Lamar Jackson took over as quarterback. So I don't understand. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if they'd want to bring in another speed threat. John Brown is going to go yeah. to an offense that can sling it to him, and he is going to be a fantasy stud because he was a monster with Joe Flacco. In fact, screw it. Why doesn't he just follow Flacco? And why does he go sign with the Denver Broncos and just become a speed threat off the top and distract you from yeah. uh, from my boys, Court and Sutton? Because they got they got Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton uh, waiting to break out down there, but yeah, but Deshaun um, Hamilton is Emmanuel Sanders play across the middle. Come oh, on. okay, Come yeah, on, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, so a counterpoint here: the Ravens are not going to roll out the same offense that they did last year with a full off season, with another full off season for Lamar Jackson to learn the the playbook. And Harbaugh has shown that he he wants a deep threat receiver on the roster at all times, whether that's been Torrey Smith or Mike Wallace or okay. John Brown last year. Like it, he, he'll he'll get someone there to just run really fast downfield. But I also don't know if the Bengals are going to trade a first round wide receiver to the Ravens just to watch the Ravens have success with in him. the division. Yeah, that's fair. I have been a card carrying member of the John Brown fan club for years. And it hasn't paid off yet, but I'm <laughs> renewing my membership again. I can't wait to see what John Brown can do with a competent quarterback in an offense that gets him the ball in an environment where he doesn't have sickle cell problems constantly. And I know that's a lot of caveats, but hey, I'm still waiting. We saw it. We saw it for a hot second Baltimore, man. The first like five weeks in the in Baltimore this season, he was a monster. He's super fast, but he is also vicious at the catch point which for a guy that size is really reminiscent of some of the best little wide receivers that we've seen i'm not even going to mention any names because he hasn't done it consistently yet but like i'm still super excited about john brown but just not not with the ravens hopefully they let him go and he can land somewhere where he gets five targets a game for oh i i I really (laughs) want john brown to be a thing still so Clark, your your point about him having sickle cell, you, you know, the perfect place for him is playing in New Orleans, which is literally below sea level. Like if you go down there and replace Ted Ginn, I would need to immediately Amazon a new crate of boxers if John Brown. Was <laughs> Clark would first put on every single boxer he had owned immediately soil them and then have to get more boxers. It would take so long for me to settle down <laughs> that I would be through my current stockpile. God damn it. That's that is I, a resounding endorsement there for that. For I mean, that isn't point. that kind of what you want oh my for God, someone? It would be perfect. Isn't that what you want for someone who's shown incredible the the catchphrase, which I like. I'm sorry everybody else is using it. Incredible my ball mentality. Yeah, he's little, but he is tough and you know the only thing that has held him back has been an offense designed for a rushing quarterback and a a really mysterious disease that keeps you from being able to play football so like oh i would i would love that good uh good proposition there nicholas well done golf clap for young nick so I will definitely be taking John Brown in the seventh round of all of my drafts. Just going to go ahead and <laughs> – Even if he's again, a free agent, Clark's just like, yeah, I'm just going to take him. See what, again, what happens. for the fifth year in a row, I will be drafting John Brown. <laughs> but damn it, when it pays off, it'll be glorious. Danny Woodhead is still on my draft board, by the way. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, John Ross. Some things <laughs> hard to die. And now it's time to go around the Alliance of America's American football of America. In the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Apollos, led by star quarterback and passing yards leader Garrett Gilbert and his number one target and receiving yards leader Charles Johnson are tied with the league leading six touchdowns and 2.5 yards per carry running back star Trent Richardson and his Brigham Irons atop the conference with a perfect 3-0 record. Meanwhile, in the West, the San Diego Fleet and the best running back in the league, Laquan, oh, Jaquan Gardner, still tied atop the conference with the Arizona Hotshots and their hotshot quarterback, John Wolford, who leads the league in touchdowns with a 2-1 and one record. Doing his best brotherly impression, interception leader Matt Sims and his Atlanta legends are holding down the worst record in the AAF at 0-3, along with the Memphis Express and their elite player... Demarcus Gates, who's tied for second in the league with tackles. Woot woot! Now back to the football league that makes you hate yourself to root for. So the NFL Combine is just around the corner. As we said at the top of the pod, it's technically already started, but this is just kind of weigh-ins and check-ins. But the main meat, the enjoyment, the watching men run 40s in tight, tight shorts and seeing their Junk wiggle back and forth between their massive thighs. That stuff starts on March 1st, which I believe is what Thursday. Someone check my date. Stats and fake team stats. It's Friday, because there's three Friday. paychecks this week or this oh, month for me, Pete. Oh, yes. It is Friday then. Um, and so we're going to, we each have a, a couple of guys who we're going to keep eyes on during this, during the combine to watch. Um, and Jordan, we'll start with you. Who is someone that you're coming into the combine with an express interest in, uh, in watching, seeing what they do? Oh man. You know who I'm super excited to watch? <laughs> is it an offensive lineman? No, it's a defensive lineman. <laughs> oh baby. Uh, it, you know what? Because we are a podcast that does not discriminate. If you have a, you know, an IDP league, or maybe you need to watch out for the defense that drafts this guy to make sure that your running back is not running directly into this monster's arms. But it's Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. Uh, before this past season, there was talk of him being like the number one overall draft pick. So I want to see him improve his stock. I think he kind of went the route of Jadevian Clowney a little bit, not in the sense that they are the same athlete but in that he went back to school for another year and he kind of put it on cruise control it was like you know what i am not going to uh, overexert myself and uh, blow an acl and not be able to get uh, drafted until the fourth round um, but i'm excited to see him in the agility drills uh, particularly the three cone and the shuttle drills um, because he is just explosive and he's a pass rushing defensive tackle so he's somebody that uh, you know, if you get a matchup with him on your calendar, you might want to look out because he can play on in a three-four defense. He could probably play in each of the three spots in the um, in the front there. Um, according to Bruce Feldman from the Athletic, at a team uh, team testing type of thing, he had a thirty-six inch vertical and a ten-foot one-inch broad jump. Uh, the dude is explosive and he can change directions like an edge rusher. And um, yeah, I hate to make comparisons. Aaron Donald comes to mind in that Aaron Donald's like a pass rushing defensive tackle, but Aaron Donald's like once in a generation. So I would say 
fairly comparable to my large adult son, Kenny Clark. I love that pick. It's going to be – I'm very curious to see how this draft plays out because there's so much defensive line talent uh, and there's n- – not a lot of offensive line talent. And I think that's just the general trend in the NFL too, where you're just getting these guys, hyper-athletic defensive linemen coming in and causing havoc and making mayhem. And now defenses have like three or four guys who can all rush the passer, but you're not having a lot of elite offensive linemen, uh, particularly like tackles coming out in drafts. And so I think you're going to start seeing teams really stockpile on these like big guys to get after the quarterback and there's not going to be a lot of good guys in front of them slowing them down. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, um, uh, Dave, Dave Maddock had a guy from uh, sports info solutions on his podcast. I think it was this week. And they were talking about uh, basically how like interior pressure is, is kind of going to become the new like in vogue thing. And they were just singing it all over phrases the whole time. Um, Cause like, it's one thing to, what was the phrasing? It's one thing to collapse the pocket from the outside, and it's another to just not have a pocket with pressure up the middle. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I really like the thing. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of quarterbacks around the league who can either feel the pressure coming from the outside, or if you're like Tom Brady, you have just that internal clock in your mind that's going like, I got to release the ball now. But like that, that pressure up the middle, that can disrupt a whole lot. And uh, And if Ed Oliver... You know, if he if he posts a good uh, vert time, he's probably knocking down some passes. So uh, that's that's a good guy to get. Clark, who you got eyeballs on uh, this weekend? So this is a this is a recent thing that has happened, but everybody's been really excited about DK Metcalf out of Mississippi. There have been a lot of pictures of him with his shirt off that make me feel very questionable about my dietary <laughs> decisions. And uh, he's down like seven spots on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 draft list. And this is just something that we see throughout the offseason. Like they have to put out content. And so they're going to make moves that are, uh, you know, that, that generate some hype and some buzz. But it seems like Metcalf is shaping up to be one of those guys that gets drafted 15th that we look back at three years from now and wonder how the hell did we miss that this guy is going to be one of the best wide receivers in football? He is a a monster with incredible wide receiver skills. So if he puts up a good combine with, with speed numbers, then it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how high teams are going to trade up to get him. I'm curious how the Hulk moves. Because in his pictures, he has just looked like the Hulk. He is massive. And I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how he moves. Is how smooth he is in and out of his brakes. Because he's moving like 400 fucking pounds of muscle. And, and that's what I love is like we see a picture of a guy who looks ripped. Which is what you would want from an athlete. And people are like, too ripped. He's going to be slow. He's too big. And maybe that's true. I don't know. But, like, I'll take the guy that looks like he's been really dedicating his life to his body in preparation for the most important interview in his life. I'll take the, I'll take my chances on that guy. If if he's that massive and he, you know, runs, like, a, a solid shuttle drill or runs a 4-5, then I think he skyrockets up the boards. Like, that. if he can move his weight, 
that's totally. that'd be that's, I, I mean, the biggest fear that everyone has is just his how is his ability to get in and out of breaks given the bulk that he's clearly added on and how many random drug tests he'll get once he enters the nfl so okay i actually that's that was gonna be my big point here is like one his okay so his film looks awesome his ability to separate looks awesome i, do, I don't have any concerns about his ability to move his massive weight i I am seriously concerned that he's going to be like the second coming of David Boston and just drug tail, drug, fa- drug test fail his way out of the league. Cause the dude, he's like every, or forgive me if I insult uh, people here, every NFL player is juicing or has juice. That Everyone. dude took it way too far. He's enormous. That's not natural. Like you, you, you can't be like too. You can't be. I mean, I need a before uh, and after picture because I compare him to the Hulk, but I don't. I'm not joking about that. Like he, he. I need a before Bruce Banner photo, and then him magically becoming this just like monstrosity of a human. He's just so he's so big. He looks like a linebacker. You know what? He and AJ Brown posted a picture of them to I think today, or actually I don't know how recent it was. It was. I just saw it today. But he looked a little bit less. Did he, did like he trim? A, a little bit less. Yeah, okay. he still looked shredded, but he was a little bit less. It looked more, more realistic and less comic booky. So, so well, okay. So I, I know the photo you're talking about. I think he came out at the end of last week. Um, he looked less like uh, what if her uh, Warren Sapp went down to uh. Dolphins training camp back in like Deion Jordan's second year, and he was like, "Man, it looks like you've hooked your your biceps up to a bicycle pump." And then he failed the drug test like the next day. <laughs> um, but uh, Deion he, Jordan he looked he looked a little less like inflated, but they both looked way too muscular to be normal humans. Well, professional athletes are a very rare ble- breed fair. of human. They're not normal humans, anyway. I have serious concerns about his ability to, to pass drug tests, which is half of the, the playing the NFL is passing. But presumably, tests. don't isn't this whole introductory process of the combine getting tested? Like I'm sure he's getting tested right now. Uh, they yeah, test de- weed. It's probably why he uh, shredded down a little bit. <laughs> maybe weed is uh, his. Maybe weed is his steroid. He's not eating uh, as what? much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All right, have a side. Nicholas. Whose junk are you going to be staring at this weekend? Um, I, uh, <laughs> I was saving that just for you. So I was uh, a name, a name uh, caught my attention on uh, uh, JJ Zacharyson's um, running back, Studley running back podcast or whatever he called it a few weeks back. Um, guy by the name of James Williams or Booby Williams. He's the uh, Washington state running back. And, uh, he, you know, he's coming out of the the Mike Leach system, so he didn't get a lot of opportunities on the ground. But he put up 83 receptions, which accounted for 17 percent of Wazoo's reception total this year, uh, which is far and away the uh, the highest reception total in college football. Um, he's he's only he's listed at 195. He's five foot eleven, 195. Uh, Zachary Easton compared him to James White, but uh, anyway, the dude when he got carries produced very well and he's obviously an adept receiver um i'm wondering if if well i'm I'm very very curious i'm i enjoy the combine a lot i think we learn a lot and i uh shake my head or shake my damn head or whatever the the 
internet phrases um, at people who discount the combine as, as underwear Olympics. Um, I'm excited to see how this dude tests because that kind of versatility uh, goes far in today's NFL. Naheem Hines, Tariq Cohen. I get really excited about the the little pass catching running backs now because they, they can be put into a very successful position. Um, you can't really, I mean, if they're in the passing game, you can't really knock their heads off like you used to be able to. So there's a growing spot for, for guys that are like five, nine and under who are running backs, but can still catch the ball. And if you can catch the ball, that's half the battle. <laughs> that's the thing though. He's five eleven, one ninety five. Like if he, if he goes and talks to uh, Metcalf, says hey give me you know a month of your stuff hey give me some of that weed you've been smoking yeah. turned you into a like, massive human if you stopped up to like you know 200 205 we're looking at like basically uh you know McCaffrey in his rookie year well and the yeah. thing is, is we just saw last year I mean Philip Lindsay wasn't that hefty he was like 180 yeah. for the whole season Excellent. and he was wildly effective so I just want to call out the West Coast bias that we're seeing out of the Homer Washingtonian talking about, oh, there's just some guy from Washington State who I think might be really good. I just want to like casually mention him on the podcast. It's my new favorite team. Go Cougs. <laughs> Get into Wazoo. I did not go there, though. So much Ooh, fun to watch the Mike Leach, right? Like, uh, I have some... Uh, almost familial ties to that region now and people were so hyped about that offense they were fun to watch dude i i love mike leach so my guy to watch i'm surprised that none of you guys have talked about him it's not exciting or i shouldn't say exciting it's very exciting it's not unique at all i think all eyes are going to be obviously on kyler murray this combine and for me the main thing i'm curious to see is just the like athleticism on display uh I think the throwing is going to be whatever. There's so many people have commented on how ineffective at truly displaying a quarterback's like ability to throw the combine is like, you can see how nice the balls are, but it's a lot of throwing is, you know, being in sync with your wide receivers and you're working with these wide receivers that you've never run routes with and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But mainly I want to watch him run. I want to watch him just kind of like his comfort level is throwing his, his body length. I don't know. I just want to watch him. Like, I think there's so much question going into this to this draft of, of revolving around him and people freaking out about his size. And it sounds like he got on the uh, the Metcalf weed program and bumped up, a, bulked up a little bit before the combine. So I'm just curious to watch him because ultimately the Cardinals are going to take him first overall and shade Josh Rosen to the Patriots, and the dynasty is going to just roll on effortlessly once Brady retires. So got to make sure that he looks good enough for the Cardinals to want to pull that trigger. Yeah, I'm not like overly concerned about Kyler Murray's height. I am concerned a little bit about his weight. Um, just being a quarterback, I, th- I think being a little bit smaller in this case is different than being an undersized running back. Um, I do want to see him throw at the combine though. I think that would alleviate a lot of concerns that I would have. Cause I mean, I mean if he throws at Oklahoma's pro day, that is a very scripted event and, Every quarterback who has ever thrown at a pro day in the past five years has hit every single throw um, that they need to make, unless you're Josh Allen. Um, Bird Josh Allen. And, and I hate to be this guy, but I do kind of want to see how uh, how his measurables are in terms of his hand size. And if he's actually 5'9", if he measures out at something like 
you know, five, seven and a half, then yeah, that might a, be a little, uh, a little whoopsies. A little, a little small. The thing is, it's also funny, like weight, you can fluctuate. It's like, if he's legit five, seven, like he's not going to be measured anything other than five, seven. Like you can't just like suddenly add two inches to your height. You can put some shoals, Dr. Shoals in his cleats. Uh, no, happens. I'm curious to watch him throw, especially since presumably, I mean, he did play this season of college football, but he's also been part of the A's organization for this. Like, you know, he's baseball has been a part of it. So be curious to see now that he's like fully, fully into football. How's he looking? How's that ball coming out of his hands? You know, so I think he's going to he's going to be the guy everyone's going to stir at. So my stuff with him is his, his off-field stuff. I, I brought this on uh, uh, two weeks ago, or I brought this up two weeks ago. His interview on Dan Patrick's show was one of the more baffling interviews I've ever seen. And I'm kind of worried about what's going on between the ears because there's no good reason for him to have been giving the answers that he was giving. And if you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. Um, Except for you, I, Cliff. Uh, Cliff, don't watch any interviews with him because you're taking him first overall. Continue. Um, but, and, and there, there are inklings that his, uh, his dad is highly influential in his life and may have been instructing him for how to answer the questions. Anyway, um, I'm very curious to see what the, the interviews with him, uh, or what the reports are on the interviews, uh, with, you know, with, with, uh, with team meetings. Um, and I, I will say that if he, uh, measures it like five, seven, I think he's, I think Josh McDaniels is going to lose his mind and see what Tim Tebow could have been. And he will be the next Patriots quarterback. That would be dope. I don't think he's making it all the way down to 32, but maybe the Pats just trade every fucking pick they have to get up into the top 10. I don't think he makes it past the Giants. I don't think he makes that. Oh, really? I think he can make it past the Giants. I, he's definitely not making it past the Jaguars in my book. Yeah. I don't think he got a logic from the Giants, but I like the Giants. Karki, who are you? Who's another guy that you're looking at this uh, this weekend? And also, your uh, your scale on one to ten of the nickname Clarky. Uh, normally, not something that I <laughs> link to, uh, mm. but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight it. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, I was gonna bring up Kyler Murray as this is just gonna be very interesting because we've we've had the height referendum in the NFL and proven that you know. Over time, obviously, we have been hit over the head with like, hey, Doug Flutie, pretty good. Drew Brees, pretty good. Russell Wilson, pretty good. So we should know this, but we still seem to be having this conversation over and over again. But the frame, this is this is different. So, so that's really what I was interested in is what team is going to take a chance on him. This is not a very quarterback-heavy draft. I, I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of lists, and the first quarterback is taken ninth. Yeah. That is not going to happen. So I'm going to be very interested to see who jumps up where for which QB. Yeah, That's I mean, we, we talked oh. about his his physical attributes, but I agree with you. The frame is what's the worrisome, less so than the height. And I just, you know, like, I feel obliged to say, when we're talking about how people handle themselves on the radio, these, these guys are 21. Yeah, Nick, imagine if you had a pop. That's not an excuse or anything, but, like, man, we really seem to, I don't know, it's just... Well, I'm not bagging on you, Nick, but that it just seems like I don't feel like I would have done a great job on a radio interview at 21 either. So he seems like he can ball. We'll see. That's fair. Uh, what I would say is like, go watch it because it's 
it's it's on a different level from weirdness than I've ever seen before. Well, Nick, you know, if I were to go and watch it, then I would be consuming mainstream media, which I'm just not going to do. That's which we why. know Clark does not partake in. That's Can what I, I send do. you like a mirrored YouTube video of it. And this is my this is my media. You guys are my news. You guys are my most trusted news source. Once the NFL season is over. Clark only consumes media that is brought to his attention via this podcast. Okay, you are my CNN. Me, what if what if Pete and I acted out? Ooh. Please, please do that for the next podcast. Let's we'll act not it out try to podcast. do it now, but let's schedule that. Perfect. We'll act it out for next podcast so that Clark can fully <laughs> bask in the awkwardness of Kyler Murray's interviews. Uh, Jordan, who's another guy that you are interested in and in, in keeping the eyes on this weekend? Let's go. Um, I'm looking out for Jonah Williams. Anybody? Is he an offensive lineman? <laughs> he is an offensive lineman. <laughs> um, he is an offensive tackle out of Alabama. Probably one of the best, if not the actual best offensive line prospect in the draft. Um, so th- here's another weird comparison I'm going to make. Um, in terms of how technically sound he is, He's already very excellent, and that's very hard to get from a um, offensive lineman coming into the NFL. Because I mean, most offensive linemen aren't playing in a um, in an offense that allows them to, uh, you know, learn as well as NFL offensive linemen do in terms of um, being technically sound, leg kick, things like that. But he's already coming in with a lot of those good skills, and I would say it's a little bit like Calvin Ridley last year where he could make a pretty significant impact because, as we know, Calvin Ridley was a tactician runner. Like, he can run a route like no other, and I think that'll help Jonah Williams with his learning curve, so to speak. Um, The thing I want to look for is his bench press. I know that's pretty generic for an offensive lineman, but I want to make sure that he's strong enough to be able to block defensive linemen at the NFL level. Um, if he could maybe go a little bit of the Connor Williams route and um, be switched to a guard position, um, that would help him um, get a get a better niche right away because playing tackle in the NFL is very difficult to do. Um, by no means is he the next Quentin Nelson, my other large adult son, but um, hopefully he could be somebody that provides that sort of big impact there. Um, and yeah, he's a, a good lineman and those are hard to get at a, a young age. And as we know, we, we've got to protect our quarterbacks. So that's why, um, you know, if your team's lucky enough to draft him, he will be, he'll be solid in protecting your, uh, your fantasy investment. Cause if your quarterback goes down in fantasy, then you very well could be toast. All of the offensive linemen in this draft are terrible. No teams should consider them. I agreed. Draft some offensive linemen. <laughs> Only the Texans can draft offensive linemen so that Deshaun Watson can survive until his like maybe fifth year of football. That'd be nice. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned Calvin Ridley, and I'm going to use that to segue into the second guy who I'm going to keep eyes on, and that's Calvin's brother. Because I don't know if you knew he had a brother. I didn't. Riley Ridley, Riley, six foot two, two hundred pound receiver, can run routes, has great hands, and catching traffic will sign me up. I think this is the year that the Patriots finally try to uh, get a receiver in the top two rounds, and I think Ridley, given the success of his brother. 
and just the traits that he comes in to the NFL with, which is route running ability and, and his hands. I think those are going to be things that the Patriots will look towards because they've had, they've in the past, their thing has been kind of like getting hyper athletic guys and like trying to figure it out, which hasn't worked because you got to be on the same page as Brady and Malcolm Mitchell was that Malcolm Mitchell was a much better route runner also from Georgia went to Georgia as well. So there's a little connection there. Um, sadly, Mitchell had too many knee injuries to, to stick with the teams. RIP. We love you, Malcolm. But um, so he's going to be someone who I definitely want to watch uh, and definitely see and see if he can perform well, but not so well that he like goes too high up in the draft. But I think he's going to be falling, you know, maybe the fourth or fifth receiver taken, which could either fall into that 32 pick range or maybe even deeper into the second round. So that's who I'm keeping eyes on. So are you like as a Patriots fan trying to like just monopolize all Georgia Bulldogs yeah. from here in perpetuity? Okay. Um, I mean, we did it with Rutgers and it worked pretty well for us. And so now we're just moving on to Georgia. I, I like Riley Ridley. Uh, he's six foot two. So that's pretty good size. And um, I mean, the first game I watched him and realized Calvin Ridley had a brother was in the national championship game. In which Riley Ridley outproduced his brother. So I think that's uh, that's interesting to me. Nicholas, wrap us up with uh, with the last person that you are you're curious to see how his butt jiggles while he runs. The last person. <laughs> uh, so uh, Josh Norris brought up something. Josh Norris. Josh Norris brought up something interesting on uh, their uh, their analytics draft. Uh, podcast episode uh, a week or two ago, um, he found that that all offensive linemen, or, or about three quarters of all offensive linemen who run a sub four four short shuttle, tend to develop into dominant offensive linemen. Like it's one of the sh- uh, surest. Like if this guy hits that number, that four four short shuttle uh, or faster, by and large they are dominant. Uh, O-lineman. And so I'm now that I know that, which is something I, I was wholly uh, unfamiliar with previously, I will be heavily studying offensive linemen to see if I can uh, Twitter Nostradamus um, <laughs> some offensive linemen into the Hall of Fame uh, in the coming weeks. Do you think Jonah Williams is going to hit that, Jordan? Um, I certainly hope so. Uh, I'm not sure. I When I was watching... I uh, watched some video a little bit today just to kind of prepare. And I, it was mostly on a uh, pass blocking drill. So I'm not sure how uh, explosive he looks as like a lead blocker. Um, yeah, most of the time he was moving backwards. So, <laughs> yeah, my only comment on that is it seems like Nick is the most likely uh, podcast participant to have a new background each week. Mm. I mean, there's just two. But you fluctuate through them. He changes it up a lot, which I like. I like it. Oh, thank you. What time is it over there? Daylight coming through those. I know. It's like peeking through. What is it? Have you had dinner yet? What What time is it in God's country out there in beautiful Washington? It's it's six o'clock. Six o'clock. Good lord. Three hours. Crazy, crazy time. What are you having for dinner, Nicholas? Um. Let's just completely get this thing off the off the rails. Salmon. Ooh. I gotta hit the gym and then get my my healthy food in. I'll have what DK Metcalf's having. (laughs) (laughs) Steroids and weed, baby. (laughs) And a shit ton of gamma rays or whatever hit Bruce Banner. 
You're right. Yeah, okay. worries. <laughs> cool beans. Um, well, actually, it's. <laughs> God damn it! I really wanted Jordan to finish his correction. <laughs> oh no, I was just pretending to be a nerd, but I, I is think it, it gamma I, rays? I'm pretty I think sure it is gamma, gamma rays. rays. Yeah, it is. It is gamma rays. Yeah, get out of here. Talk about a Hulk factoids. Talk about a Should've Green New Deal. Ah, look at That's that. Real though, we do need that. Uh, shout yeah. out to uh, AOC. AOC. Actually, I actually did have a third person that was going to be fantasy relevant, but I, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> you want to fire it off real quick? <laughs> um, yeah, Rapid actually. Fire. Yeah, who is it? Real quick, uh, Benny Snell, running back out of Kentucky. Uh, he led the SEC in uh, missed tackles or yeah missed tackles um last season and he was a pretty dominant force i kind of want to see how uh quick he is though um in terms of like lateral quickness um and his and his 40 time as well because he's got to prove that he's not just like some heavy tank that is going to run directly into people but um i don't know i i like watching uh some skill position players that aren't from schools that are traditionally football powerhouses. Benny Snell out of Kentucky has a real nice ring to it. Yeah. So Benny I am Snell now in general. I'm now on board with you, Jordan. I feel We're like gonna start this bandwagon. I feel like it takes a special kind of like parent to name your kid Benny as like, it's a not like Benjamin and Benny being short. It's like legit. No, no, no. My child's legal name is Benny. I, it's Benny Snell the third. It might actually what? just be Benny. Three generations of Bennies. I, I have to actually Google that. Let me make sure. No, no, no don't, no, don't, no, no, don't, don't, yeah, don't kill the dream. That's what it is. We've confirmed. <laughs> I'm living don't in this like, beautiful utopia uh-huh. of there being three generations of men named Benny as their legal name. There's it someone is. driving a 1967 C10 Chevy pickup named Benny Snell in the backwoods of Kentucky. And that just needs to exist for my world. I'm seeing Benny Snell Jr. or Benny Snell III. So either way, it, it we're right. It's, it works. It holds up. It maybe holds there's up. a new Benny Snell in the world. Maybe he had. Maybe he's Ooh. just had a little boy. That would be great. That would be great. Congratulations, wow, great Benny Snell, on your child right before the combine. That would still make him Benny Snell Jr. Though. We'll babysit your child. Don't Benny worry Snell, about the math. Rock, rock the combine. <laughs> Excellent. Well, clearly, when we go down random t- paths and uh, storylines, that means we're up. Uh, so make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us five stars. Give us lots of ratings. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Tweet at us who you're excited to see on the combine, uh, and and help us promote Benny Snell and and make sure that Benny becomes back in the lexicon of, of American names. Follow Benny. myself. At PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys next week to uh, break down the combine, maybe talk about what we saw. And also, I think it's the first episode, or it's the last episode before NFL Free Agency officially starts. I got that. But until then.